how are we doing today? It's good to see you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in online. Uh, we're so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Pastor Matt. If this is your first time, we would love to connect with you in our commons area or through our QR code or through the links that you're seeing on your screen right now. Uh, we'd just love to get a conversation started with you about who we are and what God's called us to do. And um, a little bit of uh, the things that go on around here. Uh, we're in a series called I Am, and these are diving into the statements that Jesus made about himself, uh, where he says, I am, and then he would follow that with an identifier. And uh, this weekend, I am the light of the world is what Jesus said. And I wanted to, to start out with just a connection of dots with, uh, with Jesus, who is God, who was in the beginning and created all things and spoke everything into existence, Colossians tells us. And he created light. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And then in him is that light, and that light is the life of man. And uh, the darkness has not overcome it. And, and, and I think that it's important for us to connect some dots about Jesus because it, it changes our perspective of who he is. It reframes how we approach him. And it reframes what light does in, 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 in our circumstances, we're going to be in John chapter 8, and, and at the beginning of that, uh, we see a little scene happen that uh, was really a, a heavy thing that, that for the person caught. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery to Jesus, and she was caught. She was feeling guilty. There was guilt. There was shame, and their law, the law said that she was found guilty, so she should be stoned, and so they bring her to Jesus to test him because they wanted to see what he was going to do. And Jesus hears the case, and he sees the shame in the woman's eyes, the guilt, the condemnation. I mean, he knows she's guilty. She knows she's guilty. And yet, he bends down, and he starts writing in the dirt. And I don't know what he's writing. I would love to know, but, but he stands up, and he looks at the religious leaders, and he said, well, if any of you are without sin... Go ahead and throw the first stone. And he goes back to writing in the dirt. And one by one, they left. He looks up, and it's just he and the woman. He says, has no one condemned you? And she says, no, sir, no one. And Jesus does something incredible, shining light in the darkness. He says, then neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. For us to go and sin no more, for us to have Jesus light up grace in our darkest moments is powerful. But the ability to go and sin no more means we have to follow someone who can lead us into light and not into darkness. And then Jesus goes into the teaching with the Pharisees, the crowd around him, and he starts in verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. See, for us to come out of darkness and into light, we have to have a way, and Jesus is that light. He lights that way for us to step into the, into the grace and the mercy of God, and, and, and it's a beautiful thing when he shines the light of hope for us, and what he does in our life, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And when he says, I am the light of the world, it goes back to the verse you saw on the video rolling, that in him was light and the life, and that light was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, that Jesus is who he says he is. He knows who he is. And then now we see the back and forth conversation a little bit with the religious leaders, because now they start weighing in. So the Pharisees said to Jesus, you're bearing witness 
about yourself. Your testimony is not true. They're discounting what Jesus is saying because he's, they're, they're, you're, you're calling yourself the light of life. You're saying that about yourself. Your testimony isn't true. And Jesus said, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true for I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. What that means is Jesus says, I know who I am and I know what my purpose is. I know where I'm from. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing here and I know where I'm going. You don't know this. You're blinding yourself to the light that is standing right in front of you. He says, I'm confident in who I am. And then he goes on to say, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. So what Jesus is saying is, I'm not here to judge. You just saw what this woman, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to light up the way to salvation. Judgment will be coming. And he said, when that judgment is coming, I'm right in that too because I represent the Father. We're one. And it changes that perspective, right? Because we think of God being this judge that just constantly looks down on us and you know, is dropping the gavel on us. But in Christ, he says, no, no, no. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He says, I've lit up the way of salvation and there is no condemnation. But he's saying to the religious leaders, be careful because you're looking at the externals here. Isn't it amazing how, how we can get into our religious behavior and everything, we try to manage the externals. We try to put on the show. But yet in our heart, it's broken, it's dead, it's dark. And Jesus is saying that you gotta be careful with that. Because everything you're seeing is the behavior. And Christianity, listen to me, following Jesus is not behavioral modification. It's not trying to manage myself or my own willpower or try to figure it out on my own. It's submitting to Jesus who is the light of the world. He says, if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. The only way to get out of the darkness that is in our life is to follow Jesus. And that has to happen from the inside out. So he's cautioning them. But they also like to bring the law in. It's amazing how, you know, we want something to fall back on, right? And so they fall back on the law, and Jesus slams them. He says in verse 17, he says, in your law, which I think is funny, because Jesus, if he's the word of God, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was with God, then, then he is the law. So he says, in your law, and he's throwing it back in their face, in your law, I just think he should stand up in that Sylvester Stallone moment, like, I am the law. You know, I just, I just would love to see that right here when they, then the Pharisees, you know, wet their robes and they repent, you know. But he, he says, uh, in your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. So the law would state that if two bear witness, then there's truth in this. And he says, I am the one who bears witness about myself and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. So Jesus is saying, in your law, you need two witnesses. I'm speaking, I know who I am. And the Father has spoken over me. He knows who I am. Now, even if you want to discount one of those, maybe if you're a skeptic and you're on the fence about this, and the, the Pharisees were probably skeptical about Jesus, they obviously were, but you can bring in another test. There's a third testimony we can bring into this conversation, and that is the testimony of John. John, who wrote this gospel account, 
gives his account. He is the one who baptized Jesus. When he baptized Jesus, um, he comes up out of the water and the father speaks over him, says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. But the spirit as a dove, like it, it wasn't a literal dove, it came to the spirit as a dove rested on Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And, and this is what John says about his testimony. He says, the next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, he just made a declaration about who Jesus is. He didn't have to say he's the light of the world, but he says he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That, that light that shines in the darkness and the darkness hasn't overcome it. Look, sin is dark. We're born into sin. We're born into brokenness. The best we can muster up is darkness in our life. And he says Jesus is the one who can bring light. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. He was born, Jesus was born after John, but he's saying he comes before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, this is the father speaking now. He on whom you see the spirit descend and remain this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. So Jesus knows who he is. He knows his purpose. And for him to declare that I'm the light of the world, man, he's right, he's just, he's true. And, and, and he, this changes everything, that this brings us to a, to a point of really recognizing that Jesus is God, but he is this light that shines in the darkness. And that this, this world around us is darkness. It is. From the moment Adam and Eve sinned, there was a separation from God. And none of us can do anything to attain reconciliation other than the blood of Jesus. That in, in our darkness, Jesus stepped in. I mean, we're coming into the holidays. You know, we got Thanksgiving in a couple weeks and then Christmas. That's when we celebrate the birth of Christ, that Christ was born into the darkness so that we could have light, so that he could light the way for salvation for us. That's his purpose. He didn't come just to do miracles. I mean, you think about the impact Jesus had. Jesus had three years of, of ministry. From the moment he was baptized to the time he was crucified, around three years, and in that time, he laid the foundation of the gospel and the kingdom of God that for millennia, it cannot be stopped. That people will try to disprove it, people will try to discredit it, but the reality is it is the truth and that it is that Jesus is the light that shines in our darkness and he's the only hope for us. He is the light of the world. He is the truth. And, and, and what's amazing about this, when you think about light, it's got to have a source. The source of power is the Holy Spirit. That's what John bore witness about, right? He on whom you see the Spirit rests. He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. He's the one with the power. John says, I can just baptize you in water. But he's the one. Jesus is the one with the power. And he will light it up. And what I find amazing about this is that Jesus just didn't declare that. He just didn't say about himself, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But when you go to Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 5, he makes a de another declaration about light. He makes a declaration that you, I, we are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, 
but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus, who is the light of the world, declares that we are light. And there's a purpose. Just as Jesus knows who he is and knows his purpose, we have to know who we are in Christ and know our purpose. And he goes, you, you, you light it up. I'm lighting you up. Jesus lights us up to be a light to others, right? And I, I've got the lamp here for an illustration because there's some things I want us to understand about our purpose and what the purpose of <clears throat> this light is in us. And I think about light, you know, I think about this lamp. The first thing it does <laughs> is light up itself. Light illuminates the vessel. If you, you really look at it, Jesus lights us up first. That when we come to him in our darkness, in that guilt, in that shame, in that moment, he lights us up. We come to him and profess him as Lord. We ask him for grace. We ask him for forgiveness. And we declare he is Lord. Then instantly, he turns the light on. He doesn't put us through a process. He doesn't say, well, go clean yourself up, and then I'll love you, then I'll accept you, then I'll forgive you. <clears throat> it's instantaneously. That if we believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and we confess with our mouth, we were saved. That light comes on. Instantaneous power. The speed of light. Do you know that there's nothing in the universe faster than light? Physicists have tried to disprove. They've tried to figure out if there's a, something faster than light, and light is the fastest thing in the universe. In that moment, when we call the name of Jesus, like that, he lights us up. And what I find beautiful and scary about this is that he lights up me. Jesus reveals me to me, and sometimes that's a scary thing. Heather and I have done something lately that has thrown the whole paradigm of our world off balance. We changed sides of the bed. <laughs> I know, that's difficult. I mean, some of y'all look like, why would you do that? <laughs> the dog wasn't having it, so we changed back, but the problem is now... On my side of the bed, there's a, there's a, a mirror, a full-length mirror for, like, getting ready, and uh, it, it reveals a lot. <laughs> like, light changes everything, you know, because at night when I get in bed, it's dark, you know, I'm looking at mirrors like, mm, uh, yeah, and then I wake up in the morning, I go, oh, dear Jesus, <laughs> what has happened to me? <laughs> I don't like that. You know, light reveals some things. Light makes me have to realize what I'm really seeing. You know, and that what I'm really seeing is I, I, I work out regularly. I work out a lot, but I cannot outwork a bad diet. And that mirror in the light reveals it. Now, the mirror in the dark, it's like, hey, I can think about, I, I can, I look whatever I want to look like. But when light hits it, I see the truth. I see the reality of my situation. And things get done in the light and that's where healing happens in the light. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. I mean, get it out in the light so that it can get healing. 
And, and, and God shows us who we are, and he reveals us because he's wanting to work on us. He's wanting to do a work in us. He's wanting, he's wanting to shape me in the image of Jesus, and I wish he would start with my midsection. I'm just saying. But I, he's wanting to, to, to show us and reveal us because light lights up the lamp first, and it begins. To, we begin to see, hey, this is an area that I need to surrender, that I need to submit, that I need to turn over to you, Jesus, because I don't like what I see. But even in that, the grace of God is so great. He says, I'm not condemning you. I'm just showing you because I do want to do a work in you. I've got such a purpose and a plan for you, and I want to shape you in this way. And that, that, that leads us to a danger about judging others, you know, because if, if God is lighting me up first and I'm seeing me, I got my hands full. So it's, it's hard for me to walk around being judgmental of other people because I begin to see what's really happening in my life, right? It's what Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 7, the log and the speck. He's like, you're missing the log in your eye to find the speck in somebody else. And he says, I've lit up your log. Let's work on your log. And Jesus warns the Pharisees, you judge others by the flesh. Listen, you're looking at externals. But Jesus says, I'm lighting you up. And when he lights us up, it is from the inside out. That's how it has to work. See, religion will say you got to get everything right out here. And you can walk up in the church and, and put on this air and act that everything is great. That, that Hey, we've got this relationship with God and we're good and we're, we're rocking along and life is just hunky-dory, you know. But inside you're dark and Jesus has never lit that up. And he wants to light you up. And when he lights you up, that's when things around you start to change. When he deals with the darkness that is in us, because when light comes on, it pushes back the darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. The light came into the darkness, and the darkness cannot, has not, will not ever overtake it. That when Jesus lights us up as the light of the world and declares that we are lights, he's saying, I've called you to push back darkness. Light always wins against darkness. Always. It's impossible for darkness to overtake light. Spiritually, physically, it's impossible. Light always wins. And that's why Jesus gave that warning. He says, you don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. You don't put it under a table. You set it up so that it can give light, so that it can push back the darkness. I mean, Jesus pushes the darkness back in our life. And he pushes the darkness back around us. Look, we don't have to look far in our world to see the darkness. And it's amazing. The only way, the only way darkness will win over light is if we cover up the light. Kind of makes you a little, like, wonder, where do I cover up the light of Christ? You know, do, do you cover it up at work? Do you cover it up around certain friends? And I use air quotes for friends because if you can't be who you are and who Christ has created you to be and be open and real and with them, maybe they're not friends. Do you cover it up around certain family members, you know? Um, <laughs> I'll give you a little confession about how I, God convicted me about covering up the light. Um, I have an SUV that the back window rolls down. And... I had a creek sticker on my rear window, 
but I positioned it to where if I knew I was going to have to get a little crazy in traffic, I would roll the window down <laughs> so they knew I wasn't a creek guy, right? <laughs> and then when I got done with that situation, I'd roll the window back up, you know? So, and God was like, that's, that's hiding your light, man. It's like, if you're going to roll with a creek sticker, roll with a creek sticker. So I don't have a creek sticker on my truck anymore. <laughs> But after that conviction, after this weekend, I will be putting another sticker on my truck. Don't worry. Um, and I'll try not to roll the window down if I get crazy in traffic. But uh, it, it's just funny how we, you know, there are moments where we hide our light. And Jesus said, that's not what I've called you to do. I've called you to push back darkness. Now, here's a warning. Let me give you a warning with this. There can be some pushback. The light, the dark can't win over the light, but there can be some pushback. <clears throat> and here's what I mean. Uh, I have gone into situations that just by very nature, God has called me light of the world. And I go into situations that are dark and people don't like what they see in the dark. If I don't like what I see when light hits me, how can I assume that that's gonna be different from anyone else? And I go into situations as light and that reveals something in their life and they can feel that I'm being judgmental. I'm not judging. I don't have a platform to judge. I don't have a right to judge. What's happening is that through Christ in me, he's revealing truth to you. And we have a responsibility when that happens to be full of grace, to not be like the Pharisees and judge according to the flesh, but be like Jesus and say, I'm not here to condemn you. But what I'm trying to do is give you the light. I'm trying to show you the way to Jesus because the light, when it shines in the darkness, leads others to Jesus. The light provides a way for others to see. I, <laughs> I remember when, when I was young, you know, I went hunting. I think it was for my, my first big hunting trip. And I got paired up with Frank, and Frank was a man from our church, and uh, he was much older. Frank's a Marine, and uh, survival skills he took very seriously, and he could, he could survive. He, he, was, he, he, was, he was a Marine. Uh, but we get out of the pickup, and I'm like, oh, good, he's got a flashlight. Because we're walking in a place where we had seen rattlesnakes. And if you know me, I hate snakes. I mean, I, I don't like any snake. There is no good snake. Uh, well, a dead snake is a good snake. So we get out. It's dark. It is dark. I mean, we're up so early. I mean, it's a time you should be sleeping. And I'm comforted. I was like, oh, good. He's got a flashlight. So he clicks on the flashlight. And I'm like, ah, oh, nice. And I can see the path. And all of a sudden, he clicks the light off. And we start walking. I'm freaking out a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he clicks on the light again. And I go, Frank, what are you doing? He goes, what do you mean, what am I doing? I said, well, you're turning the light on and turn the light off. He goes, I light it up to just to get the next few steps because I don't want to scare the animals away. I was like, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's no animals here. They know we're hunting them. The word is out. And so my deal, that's how he went to, he walked through the woods. My deal, when I walk through the woods at night in the dark, I'm lit up like a Christmas tree, y'all. I mean, you could land a 747 with the lights that I have on my person. I have a headlamp. I have a flashlight. 
I have two flashlights in my bag <coughs> because I believe in the philosophy of flashlights. One is none, two is one. So we are called to light up the way. And when we think about lighting up the way, it's a way for others to see Jesus. He's, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and they may glorify your Father in heaven. It's not about lighting us up. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting to the end of one cop drop. I'm going to put in another one. It's just allergies, y'all. It's amazing. Post-COVID, you cough, people scatter. <laughs> there's, a, there's a statement I can't say, but it's, it's funny. I'll, yeah, I better not say it. Thank you, God, for helping me with that. What was I about to say? Not that. Uh, we're not spotlighting ourselves. You know, Jesus illuminates us. He reveals us to us. uses us to push back darkness. uses us to provide a way so that others can see him. But it's not about us. It's about him. Everything we do is about him. He lights us up to be lights in the world. We're a city on a hill. We can't be hidden. And one of the ways that we, we do many things around the creek to be lights in our community. You saw the advertisement earlier in the service about the Northbrook Kids Blessing or the Eagle Mountain ISD Blessing. And we... We bless kids in our district because that's what light does. We do a lot of feeding in our community because that's what light does. We do a lot of things in our community to bless others because that's what light does, but ultimately, we point them to Jesus. Ultimately, it's not about food. It's not about Christmas gifts. It's not about the stuff is about lighting up the way to salvation because Jesus knows who he is and he knows his purpose. And he's called us to know who he is and to know our purpose is that's to lead others to salvation. And as we do that, you know, he says that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And as a, as a result of that, what we've seen over the last 11 years in our history at the creek is that God does grow ministry. And God has grown our ministry. And God has shown us some challenges with our ministry. And I just want to share with you some next steps about us being light in our community. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the, um, it's really not as bad as it sounds. So it's kind of like, you're looking like, oh man, poor guy. It's all right. Um, I'm good. But, um. Uh, when we built phase two, which was our additional children's space in our commons area, we had uh, infrastructure put in for a second floor. At that time, what we were going to do was put offices in there, and I put the red light on the offices. I just didn't feel peace about offices. I just feel like that's a lot of money for square footage that um, houses desks and books. So we just said, we'll just put the infrastructure in, we'll leave it blank until God shows us what to do with it. Well, God has shown us what to do with it. 
and we're going to be finishing what we call the loft, and we're going to make that a, uh, it'll be a large multi-purpose room uh, that'll seat around 120 people. You'll see some renderings showing up on the screen. Uh, that'll be a, 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 a gathering space for 120 people. Uh, we will have restrooms up there. Uh, we will have a, a, a storage room. We will have a room for staff to meet, uh, not offices, but to place to have staff meetings and things like that, um, where we can have record storage, because right now that's in my attic. And um, uh, so we can, we can move that. But he, here's the thing. Um, I want to I wanna share with you what this does. This gives us the opportunity for adults and, and students, for youth, um, for, for expansion, because right now, our children's ministry, we're, we're, we're hitting some lids in some of our services. And uh, what that means is we can expand some rooms downstairs for our children's ministry to give adults and students space upstairs um, on the weekends. Also provides a way for uh, one of our services to expand our journey track because we've had multiple classes over multiple months that have been full. And so we can expand that. During the week, it gives us the opportunity to expand our women's ministry um, and our freedom ministry and other ministries that go on during the week. And then where, where I get really excited about it is it's a launching pad for churches. Uh, it's, it's a kingdom growth launching pad. And what we can do with that upstairs is uh, we're, we have the ability to invite church planters to use that to plant churches out of the creek. Uh, we can also plant campuses out of the creek. We can plant uh, new services out of the creek. And what I mean by that is some of our services, we end up in, in an overflow context, and that'll provide the ability to even stagger and maybe have a different format of service. So I'm excited about that. But that, that's all the what. And, and, and this week as I was praying about, okay, God, how do I, I mean, I've known for, for months that I was going to share this with you on this day, and I was praying this week, God, you know, give, give me something other than just like what we're doing. Help me just lock in something here so I can feel it why you want to do this. Because building buildings doesn't excite me, but seeing lives change does. And this week I was out in the community and I had a, a young woman come up and, and introduce herself to me. And she's like, Pastor Matt. I was like, hello. And when I'm, when I'm, let me just say this. If I see you at the grocery store, if I see you somewhere, help me with context because I know your face here. Um, but there's people that come up to me in the community and, and they're like, I, 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 I'm trying to place you. I'm trying to place you. You know, and a lot of times I'm thinking, what service do you go to? But she said, I don't go to the creek. And I was like, okay. Okay, so I feel kind of off the hook, but then I'm like, but she knows me. But she says, um, I got invited to the women's Bible study this semester. And she goes, I don't go to the creek, but I just have to tell you what that meant to me. She said, I've been wrestling so much with being lonely. I don't have friends. And I was struggling. And this, a, a woman invited me to the, to the study, and I came. And she goes, I feel like I have deep relationships with women that I can now call friends. That's light. I have conversations with church planners, and there's actually a church planner right now that said if it was finished we would start there next week because church planters in the post-COVID times are losing their leases because of we don't want to have all the people in there and sanitize and yada, yada, yada. So church planters are struggling right now. And I have great respect for church planters, especially ones who go forward with planting during the COVID time because he said God called us to do it. He knew this was going to happen. We just got to figure it out. 
And what I would love to see is invite a church planner to say, here, come launch here. If you need people, we got people. If you need training, we got training. If you need resource, we got resource. Because I'm not about competition in, in church world. I'm about building the kingdom. And that's what light does. And so many people are moving into our area that we need more churches. And if the creek has a way that we can help train and raise up church planters, glory to God. That's what I want to see. And so I, that, that's, that connects me to the why that, that, that we do this project upstairs. And, and so here's, I'll just get some of y'all like, you type age like, well, just tell me what the details are already. Come on, spit it out. Uh, the cost, we met with a contractor. The cost is $450,000. Uh, we hope to start February to March. And for those of you that know me, you will get the weight and the hilarity of this next statement. They said the timeline is four to six weeks. Um, for those of you that don't know, when we moved into this phase one, uh, in June of 2014, our contractor said, you'll be in in four to six weeks. So I start a series called Moving. We moved November of 2014, almost six months later. We killed the series. I had to go before they say, look, can we just stop talking about moving now? And, um, you know, it's kind of like, eh. but so four to six weeks brings a little bit of a, huh, to me, but uh, that's really four, 450K. And most of that is air conditioning cost. Um, so there's, and, and if you want to see it, we're having a little open house. Um, you can go up and take a look at it. We've got some little things that can show you the renderings. You can go on our website if you're watching online on our website, and we'll have that on a splash page. And here's just what I'm asking you to do. I believe that together we can knock this out through our year-end giving. That as we pray about our year-end gifts, and uh, if you're unfamiliar with year-end giving, a, a lot of us in the church... Uh, come to the end of the year, and we realize that God has blessed us through the year, and so we give an offering at the end of the year, and I believe that we can accomplish this through our year in giving, and uh, I think we'll be, I don't know if we'll be in that space by Easter or not, but Easter's not the goal. The goal is to be able to provide more light. That, I can't wait to see what God does through this, and we do this together. So <coughs> Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And my hope is that we're a church that lights up the way to Jesus. It's not about us. It's all about him. And my prayer for you today is if you don't have that light, that this is the day that Jesus lights you up. Let me pray. Jesus, we believe you, that you are the light of the world. And Jesus, I'm praying for those right now who need the light of your salvation. I pray you give them the faith and the courage that in this moment, in, in, the, in the darkness that they find themselves in right now, that they just say, Jesus, I believe you want to light up salvation for me. I believe, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you died to get me out of darkness. And I believe you rose again as just as you stepped into the light of day from that tomb that you're calling me to the light of your salvation, Jesus. 
And I'm asking you to save me now. I'm asking you to forgive me and set your light and your life in me right now. And I'll follow you. I follow you, Jesus, because you said you're the light of the world. And I'm following you so I don't walk in darkness, but I walk in the light of your love, your grace, your mercy, your salvation. Jesus, thank you for this gift. Thank you for the light that you shine in us to change the world. Help us to light it up for your glory. Amen. Love you guys.